0: Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, we just witnessed one of the greatest playoff games in not just St. Louis Blues history, but in recent NHL history as the Blues came back from two separate deficits with under 10 minutes to go in the third period, one of them being a three goal deficit and then scored a game winner in overtime to score, to have a 5-4 victory over the Colorado Avalanche on the road to force a game 6. I mean, there's not much you can say about it other than holy moly, what a game. We're going to be getting into it here given our reactions. I know you're still jazzed up, Tommy. I still feel like I haven't recovered even though the game was 24 hours ago. We got so much to talk about. Make sure you stay tuned. <laughs>
1: Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and as always, I'm joined by Thomas Welch, and listen, you heard the intro, you saw the game, you know what we're here to talk about. The St. Louis Blues shocked the world, shocked me, shocked Tommy, shocked all of you when they showed that they have no quit and, like I said, came back from two separate third period deficits with under 10 minutes to go in what was probably the most exciting playoff game I've ever seen, uh, not counting the cup run. I don't know. What, what can be said? Thanks to everyone out there for making Lockdown Blues your first listen because
1: we are free and available at all pod, podcast platforms. Tommy, where the heck do we start? I think you got to start with 2-0 uh, because that's the point where I thought this game was over, Josh. I mean, you, you watched Nathan McKinnon go out there uh, skating around like an absolute bull on the ice pretty much. And uh, it's something that we haven't really seen from him this series so far. But, I mean, if anybody wants to move on to the next round for the Colorado Avalanche. It's absolutely that guy. So you kind of expect that uh, in a game where they can potentially clinch for him to come out like a bat out of hell. And that's exactly what happened. The Blues just had no answer for him. And uh, if you would have told me at the beginning of the game that Nathan McKinnon would have a hat trick in game five, I'd have said absolutely no chance, no way, do the Blues come out victorious. But lo and behold, I mean, we've watched this team do it all season long where. They even said, like, there's not really a sense of urgency in that locker room when they're down by multiple goals because they know that they can score multiple goals and goals in bunches and score pretty much any time that they want. And so um, I think Robert Thomas was talking about it after the games. Like, when your back's up against the wall, there's really nothing you can do but throw the kitchen, the kitchen sink at it. Uh, so that's what the Blues did. They put everything out on the line, and lo and behold, you come away victorious against... A Stanley Cup favorite in the Colorado Avalanche. This is, I think you said it, but this is one of the most impressive wins, uh, especially playoff wins in recent memory for the St. Louis Blues. And I, I'm like, in my lifetime, I don't think I've I've felt like. I think the Dallas game with the double overtime is similar. I think the Troy Brower game is similar, but I would put this game right up there in the same category as those two.
0: Like the 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 roller coaster of emotions that happened in that game like you said that second mckinnon goal where like i've talked about it a lot i've said like, one of the keys to this series was going to be when the inevitable nathan mckinnon game happens the blues can't get discouraged because like i said it's inevitable um however uh i didn't have a whole lot of faith that this team would keep the wind in their sails just because i feel like we've seen them kind of give up pretty easily earlier in the series, and I'm like, well, you know, if Nathan McKinnon's been off the, off his game and they've still kind of lost motivation, how the heck are they going to do it when he looks like he's going to go out and score six goals tonight, like you said, after that second goal, Um and it took them a while, but they weathered the storm, you know, going down 3-0 especially was like, all right, you know, it's final game of the season, not going to say it's over, but... Let's start thinking of off-season narratives for tomorrow's episode. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. It's, it, it was very, very, very hard to foresee the Blues coming back when they were down 3-0, especially, you know, as the third period ticked on and it was just like, all right, you know, this is a typical avalanche are closing out. They're doing their thing. This is a typical closeout game in a series where one team is unfortunately just outplaying the other. You know, it, it felt like it had every, every recipe to be that. And all of a sudden, about halfway through the first ten minutes of the first third period, blues started started rolling a little bit. They started psych psych i think they hit like a crossbar or something that might have been after the first goal, but they were they were putting a little bit of pressure on they uh they had uh, or they scored no they did score a goal at the end of the second period, but still it was three one at that point. so Terracycle gets his goal at the end of the second period, got a flashback. and that's when it felt like, okay, maybe they have a chance um you know, but even then, Third period was like all right first ten minutes are so huge and and still being down three one at that point um it's it's a big test um you know to come back and and produce two goals in the third period against the Colorado Avalanche team um and they did it um they you know it started with Robert Thomas just just under ten minutes to go and then it was Jordan Cairo and then it was no that was three three yeah and then Nathan McKinnon did his thing. And we'll get into that, but like at the, at that point, you know, to go down four to three off of a goal like that from Nathan McKinnon. It's like, okay, how how the heck how the heck are you are you gonna recover from that? You know, that is you mentioned it before the podcast, that is um uh what's his name? Steve Eiserman levels of of highlight real worthy, of a season ender of a goal. There's no way in in heck the blues can recover
1: from that, right? Right, exactly. I, like Steve Eiserman dude like I feel like so many times, so many times with that rivalry with the Red Wings, uh, you could talk about like how the Blues like got screwed and consistently almost felt like they're cursed. And like every single time, Red Wings will just post that gif into oblivion. And it's like you can't even say anything because you lost that game. And it just like it it pains you so much, right? It's like the same level, I feel like, uh, what could have potentially happened with that McKinnon goal. I mean, let's just call a spade, a spade. That was one of the dirtiest goals I've ever seen, right? I mean, the dude literally just enforced his will on the entire St. Louis Blues team on the ice. Dangles Nick Letty, who had a fantastic game, by the way. Three assists on the guy. Props to you. Uh, made Billy Huso look like he was standing still and just roofs it. I mean, that's kind of what you get with Nathan McKinnon, one of the best players um, in the NHL. And I feel like that's why people get so... That's why people don't have any patience, really, for Vladimir Tarasenko when he goes quiet in the playoffs, because you look around and you've got, I mean, it's obviously like Connor McDavid's the best player in the NHL, and Nathan McKinnon's up there too, but like every single team kind of has one guy that's spearheading their run, and it's usually their superstar and a guy that you can lean on and depend on, and uh, for the Blues, it's—it's there's been times where there's been like singular games, I feel like, where Vladimir Tarasenko's been that guy, but it's never really been for a full series for me, at least I'm, if, if, if there has been, I'm blanking on it right now. And I think that's why people get so frustrated with Tarasenko. But, like I said, that McKinnon goal would have gone down in infamy for the Avalanche as the curse breaker. They would have been posting it everywhere to every Blues fan, rubbing it in their face for ages. And none of that matters anymore because they didn't win. So now we're going to Game Six. We got a chance to tie up the series and force a Game Seven. I'm so excited. I think all the momentum in the series has shifted in the Blues' favor. Uh, the Avalanche are probably gripping their sticks a little tight right now, probably thinking about all the times they've been knocked out in the second round. Uh, I think it was in, since 2004 was the last. Last time that they went on to the third round. So uh, I would hate to be in their shoes right now because the pressure is increasing. If you get to a game seven, that pressure is going to be insurmountable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now I'll tell you what, we got lots more to talk about from that game and from the series as a whole. But before that, Tommy, Built Bars got a new product. You've heard about Built Bars. You've heard about Built Puffs. But we've all been asking and Built Delivered. Built Granola Bars are here. Built granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors. Chocolate peanut butter, which, as you know, Tommy, that's been my favorite Built Bar flavor since way back. The OG days, back when it was just Built Bar, back when they didn't have the puffs and the granola now. But chocolate peanut butter, they know it was a fan favorite. They brought it back. Chocolate coconut. And here's what I'm really excited to try. White chocolate berry. Want to try all f- three flavors? You can get yourself a mixed box at built.com right now. Does it come with a free water bottle? It doesn't, but don't throw it, don't throw it at anyone uh with 150 calories 15 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar built granola bars will change your world built has cracked the code to better granola they're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch take on the road or eat as a snack so if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market this is your time head to built.com right now to get the built granola bars three delicious flavors to try chocolate peanut butter chocolate coconut and the white chocolate berry don't miss out you got to get yours today go to built.com to get built granola Bars now. Like I said, go to Bilt.com, use promo code box 15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Now, we'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, Tommy. So, uh, early in the episode, we talked about Vladimir Tarasenko's goal, but I do want to take a second to highlight just how important that goal was at the end of the second period. You head into the third period down 3-0, and you've got pretty much an impossible task. You know, Avalanche will start... Not, not that they would play the trap, uh, but, you know, Avalanche starts sitting back, start playing defensive-minded hockey, uh, stop stop going for as much north-to-south stuff as they usually do, which kind of allows the Blues to get their opportunities. And like I said, would have been an impossible hill to climb. But now, all of a sudden, you know, the Avalanche haven't had a whole lot going for them in the second half of that second period. Vladimir Tarasenko, a guy who's been all but invisible the rest of the series... Kind of converts nothing into something with one of his patented wrist shots, and now all of a sudden you're sitting in the locker room looking at a two-goal deficit, or if you're the Avalanche, you're looking at a two-goal lead, which, as everyone says, is the most dangerous lead in hockey. Um, And you're getting nervous a little bit if you're the Colorado Avalanche, if you're Darcy Kemper. And without that, I mean, it's obviously, no duh, without that Tarasenko goal, the Blues don't win the game, but without that Tarasenko goal, the Blues have no shot of winning that game. And I think it's going to go kind of underappreciated with the craziness of the rest of that game but for Vladimir Tarasenko to come in and score that goal and get the monkey off his back in that series is huge um, and then obviously another guy who we've been so critical of Robert Thomas had I believe one playoff goal heading into the game last night and like three shots in the entire series I think he had six shots on goal before he even scored his first goal um, i might be wrong there but
1: he finished he finished with six shots okay. on the night okay I know that okay. for sure which led to maybe team, he maybe the
0: he had like four shots whatever regardless um Robert Thomas unbelievable stuff from him he looked like a man possessed up there he looked like Nathan mcKinnon looked in the first period um he was a man on a mission he did not want the blues to lose that game uh getting the second goal was huge from him uh obviously the later one that tied it up but Oh man, that, that second tying goal with 56 seconds left. You know, you could say it's right place, right time, but I mean, there's so much to talk about there. Uh, from Robert Portuzzo, you know, basically making a save himself, clearing the puck off the goal line to, who is it? Justin Falk basically denying the, the abs their easy empty net chance. Uh, to just, you know, sticking with.
1: He also kept the puck in the zone. He also had an amazing uh,
0: offensive keep in. Um, which sucks that he didn't get credited for the goal, but whatever, what have you. Um, and then Thomas, you know, ties it up there. Uh, I mean, it feels like every one of those four goals was iconic, you know, because the second goal, I'm like, wait a minute, they, they might do this. And obviously the third goal, you know, I'm convinced, like, oh, crap, momentum's all within the Blues. And then Nathan McKinnon does what he does, you know, momentum's all in the Blues' favor. Nathan McKinnon basically takes a LeBron-esque three-pointer you know, from the logo uh, in, in classic fashion and just drains the air uh, out of the St. Louis Blues, or so we thought. And the resilience from the Blues to to withstand that. And then Tyler Bozak gets the
1: overtime I was going to say, winner. we haven't even talked about like, him yet. He had seven, seven minutes of time on ice in the whole game. Just hops on the ice casually in overtime. Gets a 77-mile-per-hour clapper, and it beats Kemper, which, by the way, we were also talking about on this podcast, all you have to do is get shots on Kemper because he's not that sturdy, as a lot of, like, Avs fans like to give him credit for. So he's like a Vesna cannon, all of this stuff. Dude, it's just the Avs defense with anybody. I could be in net for the Avs, and I'd probably put up, like, a 900 save percentage. It's insane. I think we should get there. Actually, their put, me, on the phone. put me in the pipes for game six, Bednar, and see what happens. I promise I'll do my best. But I think we should make that happen.
0: We should definitely make that. We'll reach out to some some of the folks at Locked On see if we can get that arranged.
1: What it boils down to for me, Josh, we also talked about the depth scoring of this team. And it fi- it finally showed up. And I, I think a big part of that driving that offense, too, was uh, a guy that's had an incredible playoffs I feel like not enough people are talking about because you kind of mention it when it shows up in flashes but he's not a sexy name and he's not like a a core member of this team but Torpachenko I think Lou Korak said it best last night when he said uh he won't he won't go back down to the AHL I'm 100% on board with that I'd even bump him up a line and give him more minutes which I think they did uh last night I mean the dude's just playing you talk about playing like a man on fire that guy is Easily one of the hottest players for the St. Louis blues right now. He's banging bodies. He's making great plays. He's not fumbling pucks. And I feel like that's kind of the issues that the blues have had as offense as a whole. Um, so for him to be doing what he's doing for Robert Thomas to finally get on the score sheet, I know that's a monkey off of his back for Vladimir Tarasenko to get a goal in this series. Finally, that's a monkey off of his back as well. Like I said, dude, all the momentum is piling up in the blues favor. If they take game six, I think they take game seven easily.
0: Tarasenko. Um, unbelievable stuff from him. I mean, I think he. I I don't know. Did he have two? I think he had one assist on the. Um, was it the Falk goal or the Kyra goal? But I think he created two goals at least. I don't.
1: I don't have. I, I, I'm. Yeah, he's credited for okay, one assist. Okay, yeah. two shots okay. on goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, he created. Um, you know, two goals. Um, just through his effort. And you know it doesn't reflect on the box score quite as much, but he was one of the most valuable players for the St. Louis Blues. outside. I want to bring up one funny point. Uh, did you see the video of the bench reaction uh, to Tyler Bozak's goal? My- yeah, O'Reilly. Yeah, is this where you're yeah. Going? Okay, so for those of you who didn't see it, is real good. I th- I don't know who was next to O'Reilly, but as Bozak winds up for the slap shot, whoever's next to O'Reilly just kind of stands up and like let's say if you're looking at me, this is what O'Reilly saw. He just saw the back of a jersey couldn't see what was happening um he's like wait what what he's taking a swig of his water right he's bottle taking a swig of his, his water the- bottle and all of a sudden he looks up at the jumbotron
1: and then everybody stands up and then half a second later arrives oh what and then he jumps up too. He does the thing where he like he like throws the water bottle up in the air and he's like starts freaking out yeah yeah it's like <laughs> was oh awesome. my
0: god yeah, that was great stuff i mean the video of of baruby walking into the locker room. Keeping it composed for t- Bozy, yeah, keep, keeps it composed <laughs> for two seconds and then just lets all the emotion rip. I mean, look, I, I, all I'm saying is not not gonna jinx anything, but get get given me vibes of some of the the playoff videos from when the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Just the energy, the the camaraderie, the chemistry that's clearly on the bench in the locker room. I, oh, that was honestly probably my favorite Blues game since. The one where they, you know, lifted the Stanley Cup at the end. I mean, oh my God! In this third and final segment coming up, we are going. We to, didn't even talk about Billy. Husso, we didn't yeah, talk we about talk Billy Huse. We'll tell you what. We're going to talk about some of the keys to the Blues extending this series and pushing it, and hopefully winning uh, a game seven. And honestly, Billy Husso might be the, the number one X factor for the Blues. So we'll be getting into that and all the other keys to the games uh, for the Saint Louis Blues. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online. Now, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source. For all your betting needs and sports info, find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts, and we'll be right back to wrap up today's episode. All right. So, I mean, we've talked about this this last game enough. Well, actually, I don't think we can because I don't think we can ever talk about that game enough. But um, there were some positives in that game that are definitely going to carry over. You know, it doesn't feel like it was just a flash in the pan, magical victory. Um, and the first guy I want to talk about, you mentioned a little before the break, he is Billy Huso. Now, <clears throat> Billy Huso no Jordan Binnington. Um, we didn't get an elite <laughs> performance out of him last night, but once the Blues started their comeback, he was as good as he could have been. And I think that that's what people are getting a little overly frustrated with Billy Huso is we talk about all the time, like you can only do as well as the team is playing in front of you. And I think the, the fact that the second that the Blues turned it on, Billy Huso pretty much pitched a shutout besides Nathan McKinnon scoring one of the best goals we've seen in the playoffs is evident to that fact. It's, you know, if the Blues can come out and play as strong as they did in the second half of that game um, and, you know, the second half of the third period in game six and knock on wood a game seven, I think Vili Huso will be just fine. It's just a matter of he's not like Jordan Binnington in the sense that if you're getting outshot like 20 to 5 in a period, which, you know, even though he did that in the first period of the last game, so maybe I'm wrong, but he's not going to steal you a game when you're getting outplayed as frequently as Jordan Binnington. But if he'll give you a chance to win, And he gave the Blues a chance to win last night, and they took advantage of it. So I'm not worried about him. Um, All he needs to do is give them a chance to win in Game 6, and I have no reason to believe he won't do that.
1: Yeah, I I think you phrased it best. I mean, Vili Huso, did he go out there and was he a shutdown number one goaltender, like one of the best in the league, like Vasilevsky? Absolutely not. But what he did do um, was stop the bleeding. I think once those three goals happened, uh, he did a tran He did a fantastic job of shutting them down and taking away. And that's that builds momentum too, right? Like when when you know, like obviously being down three goals is not ideal. But uh, if they still have are having consistent offensive scoring chances after that, uh, and your goalie's putting on a clinic, which which I thought Billy really Huso made some just. Absurd, sh- absurd saves that he had no business making after those three goals, uh, especially in that third period. Like, like I said, I think he really kept the Blues uh, in the game. And when you're trying to build a comeback, like it's easy. I mean, we saw it a couple games ago when um, the Avs scored their fifth goal, I believe, when the Blues made it. It was four to three at the time. Uh, and the Avs scored to make it five to three. Like that's a backbreaker, right? Like the Blues are trying to crawl back into the game. They score at the end of the period, come out in the third. Uh, that's a that's that's a that's a huge loss of momentum. But uh, he kind of did the opposite this time, and that's kind of like game management. I feel like that's another thing that Jordan Bennington is so good at. So if Ville can manage games like he did in the last game, uh, and just give the Blues a fighting chance, I think it'll. Uh, pay off for them in the long run, but I think at the bare bones of all of it, we talked about that stat um, in the L- huso's last ten games or something like that. He's only let in less than three goals twice, uh, and so now it's eleven in his last eleven games. But he still gives you an opportunity to win, right? And I think with the Blues' offense, you have to go into games where Villiuso's starting, knowing that if you score. If you score one or two goals in this game, you're probably not going to win. Like that's just a, that's just a matter of fact. Like there's probably like a twenty percent chance that you win, and Billy Huso has lights out shutout or whatever. But you gotta you gotta rely on your offense to do what they've been doing all season long. And thankfully for the St. Louis Blues, uh, they managed to pull that out and do that against the Avs in Game yeah, Five. Yeah, yeah, and like. The thing is, I think we, we, we're,
0: take, we're taking goaltending for granted because we've had the pleasure of watching, you know, when he's at his best, an elite goaltender and Jordan Biddington for so long. And the difference between elite goaltenders and, you know, good goaltenders like Billy Husso is the Avalanche are going to get, or any team, you know, unless it's the goalie's best game of, of you know, the week or whatever, they're going to get two goals. So they're going to get, you know, scoring chances that you're just not going to stop. An elite goalie is going to rob you once or twice. That's why a team will only score two goals rather than three or four. A good goalie is going to let in a stinker here and there. You know, once a night even, they're going to give up a goal that they want back.
1: Darcy Kemper has given up plenty of goals that he's wanted back. I was just about back. to say, uh, ABS fans are had it up to here with Darcy right, Kemper. Right, so... They, I mean, they asked... It's literally been... They've lost two games in the playoffs so far, right? And they asked... A uh, Bednar, if he considered making a goalie change for next game, that's how much. That's that's how unhinged these ABS fans yeah, are. And, so. and it's like it's like yeah, could could Philly Huso have made like one or two
0: more saves, and and the Blues would be at you know even in this series? Sure, but you know you you can you can make that argument about anything. It, it's it's not it's not that he needs to you know clean up the the rough goals. Obviously, it would be nice and it would give the Blues a better chance. But you know he's good enough to keep the blues in a game like last night they had no business being in uh and that's not it wasn't his doing but he certainly helped the blues got outshot in overtime uh and he he was tested in that overtime you know he didn't make some miraculous sports center top 10 saves but the avalanche could have absolutely won in overtime he could have given up a rebound there here or there he could have just let let like i said let a stinker in in overtime but he didn't when, when the lights were brightest, when it was most important for him to play like an elite goalie, he did. And I think for that matter, we need to give Billy Huso more credit. And also remember the fact that the Blues probably would have made the playoffs if it weren't for Billy Huso. We wouldn't even be in this situation if billy Huso didn't step up in the regular season. So, all praise to him. It's not like he's not capable. Right, exactly, exactly. He's, he's not going to... Be like Carey Price out there or Andre Vasilevsky, you know, and, and pitch a shutout every other game in the playoffs. But he's going to give you a chance to win, and he's not going to give up, you know. I would almost argue that Billy Huso has been – not almost argue. I would 100% argue that Billy Huso has been better than Darcy Kemper um, in this series. It just happens to be that Colorado's offense is has been much more – Putting success- up one right. more shot. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, I mean, there's no no goalie in this series I'd rather want between the pipes than Billy Huso. Um, obviously Binnington is healthy. That's a different story, but you gotta, you gotta, uh, work with the cards dealt to you and Billy Huso is is not a bad ace up the sleeve for the St. Louis Blues. Um, other than that, Tommy, we're getting near the end, but what would you say is one more key, uh, for
1: the Blues extending this series to game seven? For me, it's just building off the momentum of game five, right? Everything that went right in game five, you had Billy Huso in that third period towards the end, there, keeping you within striking, striking distance. And uh, keeping you in the game, I thought he had a fantastic performance. If he can roll that over into game six, we might see a game where he uh, lets in less than three goals. I wouldn't be surprised. Right, he So did. that's something to keep an eye on, especially for uh, a lot of people that were um, hounding for Charlie Lindgren. I-, I feel like there's we're still going to see Charlie Lindgren in uh, the future. Maybe not in this playoffs, but maybe next season. Uh, but for right now, Vili Huso is the man. So we're going to band behind him. We know that what he's capable of, he's done it. The majority of this season. He struggled a little bit in this playoffs, but I think, like I said, building that momentum in the third period, uh, having that comeback win for the entire team. I mean, we saw the locker room with Craig Berube absolutely losing his mind and losing his cool. I mean, that is the stuff that drives teams through the playoffs. Same thing with Robert Thomas, same thing with Tyler Bozak, same thing with Tarasenko, same thing with Torpachenko. Like, getting all these guys rolling, even though, like, Albeit, I would have loved to have all these guys rolling in Game 1 of this series and see what happened. It just wasn't the case. Better late than never, right? So they're all rolling now. If you can steamroll that momentum from Game 5 into Game 6, that is the absolute best chance for the Blues to come away with a victory in Game 6 as well. Because you know the Avs are going to be going out there and sweating bullets, right? And Blues fans are are going to be letting him hear it. Blues fans are going to be letting Darcy Kemper hear it because I think the last two games, he's faced a total of like 40 shots. It's like 20 shots on goal per game and he's let in like three goals twice or something like that. So a save percentage is not great, right? And I think that's why abs fans are talking about a goalie change is because he's not getting a huge workload to have to go out there and shut down, but he's still not being able to do it. So the game plan for the Blues is get a ton of shots on Darcy Kemper, make him work for it, but also, focus on all four of those lines. We're getting we're getting success and getting offense-driven from all four of those lines. That's absolutely what you have to do against this Avs team. Shut them down defensively. Shut them down goaltending. Come away with a dub. Take it to Game 7 and see Absolutely. What Pressure is all on the avalanche. Uh, they
0: have a second-round curse, like you said. And All I'm saying is, is they probably went into Game 4 feeling pretty confident. And after that Nathan McKinnon goal... They're probably making their making their travel plans for the for the Western Conference Final in their head. They they're they're probably all but all but a hundred percent convinced that they were winning that game, winning the series. And now all of a sudden, that sense of dr- doubt is starting to creep in. Obviously, you know they still have the the advantage on paper, but you know the Blues go in, they they lose Game Six. That means nothing for the Avs. You know that that means nothing for them. That's that's expected and. Given what the Blues did in Game 5, I honestly think all parties are satisfied with that outcome. However, they go down 1-0 in Game 6. Blues get that first goal. Enterprise Center starts rocking. Abs start thinking, oh, man, what if this goes to 7? That's all I'm saying is crazier things have happened. The Blues have done. The Blues have honestly done the hardest part. Um, winning Game 5 in being down 3-1 is probably the hardest game to win. Uh, given the the pressure and the expectations, so you know, just gotta do that two more times, and I honestly, truly think that they can. This is the most confident I've felt in this series, even before they they even the se- or even when they even the series up. I wasn't feeling this confident. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to game six tomorrow night. Um, we'll have all the coverage for you here in the Lockdown Blues Podcast. That being said. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, because that is all the time we have for you guys today. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. The channel's been popping off. We just hit 300 subscribers, which is real exciting. On the road to 1 million. A lot of, lot of miles left on that road, but we are on the road. It is a long road. Uh, jokes aside, though, on the road to, let's say, 500, uh, just for fun. Uh, thanks for all the support there. Truly means the world to us. Follow us on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked on Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Follow Tommy at T Welcher15. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go, Blues.